Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. Naomi premieres Tuesday, January 11th, or you can stream free next day on The CW app. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And here's a tweet from the New York Post. Celebrity-obsessed people are less intelligent, comma, new study boldly claims. I don't need the Post to tell me that. I know that. You found the study. They linked to the study from BMC Psychology. What's funny is, like, I proved my true stupidity by reading the Page Six article, then going to the study that they linked, which was, by the way, inconclusive, and then, like, vaguely (laughs) scanning it to learn exactly how it was inconclusive and has been inconclusive two times before when other people have tried similar studies. Who's the idiot now? Also, this study was done with 1,763 Hungarian adults. And it's (laughs) it's just so specific. And the New York Post is like, we got to get on this. They definitely got an email and were like, okay, we'll publish this. We can make a good headline out of this. The conclusion, despite the limitations, the study indicated a weak negative association between celebrity worship and cognitive performance, even after controlling for some relevant demographic, socioeconomic, and psychological factors. No, the best conclusion was, however, the researchers were unable to determine whether celebrity obsessives perform poorly on cognitive tests because they use their brain power thinking about (laughs) A-listers, or whether they were fixated on Hollywood gossip because they were already less intelligent to be begin with. So it's really like, am I stupid because I care about celebrities or do I care about celebrities because I'm stupid? It's the ultimate chicken and the egg. (laughs) Seriously. Causation versus correlation, baby. The CAS consists of three subscales. Entertainment social is reflected in agreement with items like, my friends and I like to discuss what my favorite celebrity has done. A second level of celebrity worship is characterized by more intense personal feelings, defined by items like, I have frequent thoughts about my celebrity even when I don't want to. And then the third (laughs) level, labeled borderline pathological BP, is shown in items like, If I were lucky enough to meet my favorite celebrity and he, she asked me to do something illegal as a favor, I would probably do it. The question is, would you smuggle drugs for Rita Ora? No. If Rita Ora said, Bobby, just take this package through security. Nothing's going to happen. I'll meet you on the other side. Look, if I'm broke down palacing, I'm broke down palacing for like (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal, not Rita Ora. Sorry, Rita. (laughs) Oh, so you, you're saying you would broke down Palace for Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm BP for JG, but I'm more IP for <laughs> RO. <laughs> you're BP for JG. Yeah, and I would call Who Weekly an ES podcast. You know, <laughs> we're, we're like only scraping. My friends and I like to discuss what my favorite celebrity has done. That's the other tagline of Who Weekly. The reason that Who Weekly can't be a borderline pathological podcast beyond Rita Ora is because no one knows who anyone is and forgets about who we talked about the next week. It's not like you're going to smuggle drugs for someone you forgot about yesterday. I know. And even the hosts of the podcast in which you do that for do that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. We almost talked about Kayla and Polachek for a third time today. And I was like, we've spoken about this woman. And then Timmy no. was like, yes, you have, only a month ago. Timmy sends us a text with an episode title that has Caroline Polachek in it. <laughs> You've already done this. You've done this. You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns. First comment. Hi, so when Bobby said he didn't know how sewers work, and then you guys were talking about Rachel Brosnahan's toilet rat, I was finally like, my time to shine. So uh, I work in uh, 
sewers and storm sewers. And basically how this can happen is you have your sewer from your house. That's the sanitary sewer. You have your sink and your toilet and your bathtub. Those all drain to the sanitary sewer. Um, And then the sewers in the streets, those are storm sewers. um, And those all drain to, like, the rivers, the streams, the local water bodies in your area. And the sanitary sewer is supposed to also is supposed to drain to a common point that will be treated before the water is returned to water bodies. But sometimes in older cities, um, cities like New York, Boston, um, and, and a lot of smaller suburbs of those areas as well, parts of the sanitary sewer will just drain directly to the water bodies, um, and we call that combined sewer. So it's going. Instead of getting treated, it's just going straight into the river or wherever else. Um, and it can be through those street entrances, the, through the grates and through through other sewer entrances um, where rats can get into the combined sewer and then they can eventually like climb their way up through through your lines into your home, into your toilet. Um, and there's a dry trap in the toilet and that's where they hang out. They hang out where it's dry in the pipe. Um, and then eventually they want to get probably into the toilet so they can escape. It's gross. Um, but that's how that can happen. I hope you enjoyed. Please don't play this or do. I, I really don't care. But um, crunch, crunch. I care. And this is a great call because when we tweeted Why? that. Why? When we tweeted that New York Post story about people who were obsessed with celebrities being stupid. Someone very rightfully responded and said, everyone that listens to Who Weekly is a lawyer or a doctor or forensic anthropologist, so maybe reconsider. <laughs> Every time we mention a trait and we say, we don't understand this thing that is beyond the celebrity ecosystem, without fail, someone calls in and says, I am part of this industry and I am an expert in this field and I will explain it to you. And right, I get right, less stupid right. because of our listeners. I do want to say that I actually do think that that we're stupid and everybody who listens is stupid too. So I just, just want to put that out there. <laughs> You think that this sewage expert is stupid? Yeah, def- for listening to this podcast, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you learn something, though? I learned something. Yeah, I love this so much. Justin Long and Kate Bosworth are thems. They're movie stars. Like, they're, like, probably the last era of movie star. They're not like Jennifer Lawrence, but they would star... In movies, when movies were a big thing. Um, they're them. They're them. Bye. Crunch, crunch. I take back what I said about our listeners. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, this kind of does convince me in a way. Like, she's not wrong. Like, Justin Long is a movie star. Yeah, so's like, Lucas Haas. <laughs> I mean, but is he, though? People have starred in movies before. And, yeah, Lucas Haas has starred in movies before. But, like... Wow, where did Lucas Haas come from in your brain? I, I can't even expl- I can't even get into it. Okay, sure. Um, no, it's actually because there were photos of Lucas Haas with Leonardo DiCaprio on a yacht a couple days ago. And I was, like, dying at the photos of them just looking absolutely miserable on a yacht in 2022. Okay. If, you, if this were 2005, I would call them both thems. Maybe. Maybe. Wow, 2000, that's how far back you would have to go? 2000 for Kate Bosworth, yeah. Kate Bosworth is in a lot of movies. So is Lacey Chabert, but do you actually think Kate Bosworth is a them? 
I don't know. Sure. No. And also, yes. Now I'm convinced by you. I guess. I'm just shocked. I went to Kate Bosworth IMDb. Do you know she has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven projects in post-production? How is that possible? <laughs> I'm sh- that's shocking. I've never seen this many upcoming projects for a woman. For a woman. <laughs> I yeah, mean, but if you, like an actor. Okay. Okay. How about this? That actually proves my point. You were surprised to see her have six movies in post-production. Have you heard of any of them? Like, what even are these movies? Okay, ready? One is a drama, with her, and her co-star is Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's pretty impressive. Another is a military sci-fi, and her co-star is Lucien Laviscount, you know, from mm-hmm. Emily in Paris. Em- Emily okay. in Paris. One of them is The Immaculate Room. Her co-stars are Ashley Green and Emile Hirsch. Random. No, that doesn't count. Um, one is called The Locksmith. Okay. Uh, she's co-starring with Ryan Felipe and Ving Rhames. This isn't helping your case. <laughs> okay. The next one is uh, Andy McDowell and Dermot McMulroney. She's not in the top build, though. Well, um, well. One is co-starring with Antonio Banderas, oh God, and Alexis Wren. Okay, that does not help your case. And then the last one is a, uh, an assassin is out to complete her, tar- her list of targets and exact her own brand of revenge. And it stars Kate Bosworth, Lance Hendrickson, and DJ Qualls. DJ yes. DJ Qualls. Qualls. She's a who. Yeah, we don't even know the movie she did with Justin Long. No. The one that was filmed in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It might be one of these, but I didn't see him in any of the lists. Mm-mm. I'm not sure that helps any case, me listing off what movies are coming up for her. But those are what movies are coming up for uh, her. I think they're both who's. I think they're both B-minus list actors. Yeah, I guess, like, all you really need to say is, like, everything she did from, like, the year 2016 to now, I've never heard of. Like, mm-hmm. have you heard of Nona or The Long Road Home or The Devil Has a Name or The Island or uh, Little Big Town Sugarcoat? Oh, it's a music video. <laughs> I okay. haven't heard of 90% of the things she did after 21 in 2008 right. because That's... I just didn't follow her. Like, still Alice is the only thing that rings a bell. And I never saw that movie and never will. So, sure. Yeah, I just, it's interesting. I'm just, you're right. Like, it's kind of like uh, skimming that list. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is SSGB TV miniseries? Like, never heard of that. I just think that, like, this is an important conversation to have or a good conversation to have because I understand where the caller is coming from and that, like, yeah, I remember a time very vividly when Kate Bosworth was on top of the world or something related, similar to on top of the world. But, like, you have to take a step back and say like, okay, let me put my own personal biases Bias aside. aside. Impossible. And try to, th- I know it's really hard, but I'm trying here to be objective with Kate Bosworth now. And I'm like, okay, I'm taking into consideration her career 15 years ago. Let's look at her career now. And especially after you went through those INDB credits, it's very hooey to me. DJ Qualls, mm. f- <laughs> like fifth build under Andy McDowell and Dermot Mulroney. Haven't heard of any of these movies before. That's hooey. Starring in a movie with Justin Long that has been photographed so much, and yet we don't even and know the yet, name. <laughs> what is it? Exactly right. What is it? What, what is it? Is it? I guess I'm going to have to listen to the Justin Long podcast to find out. My heart is breaking for Lindsay saying that Cam Newton was a member of the Bruins because I know that she's going to be flooded with calls saying, No, Lindsay, he was on the Patriots, he's a football player. But 
just know that my heart is with you during this difficult time. And I said out loud, oh, no, when you said it. So thoughts and prayers during all the calls you'll get. Okay, crunch, crunch. Hey, uh, Lindsay, Bobby, just needed to call and do some sports correcting. I know you don't care. (laughs) This doesn't matter. But it's Cam Neely that was the Boston hockey player. Cam Newton was the Patriots quarterback last year after Tom Brady left, and he completely sucked to me and makes playoffs. Um, so I get it, Lindsay. I'm from New England, too. You just kind of get these names in your head. So crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. I had to pause the podcast because I just about died. I'm not a big sports guy. Um, but when Lindsay was bragging about knowing members of the Bruins and she said Cam Newton, pretty sure he's a football dude. Um, but that's totally something I would do. So it made me laugh a lot. Uh, Scarjo Yum Yum. Bye. Cam Neely. Cam Neely's hockey. Cam Newton's football. Yeah. I came close. <laughs> That's really close enough, I think. Mm-hmm. This is not a sports podcast. Sometimes I feel like people don't give us the benefit of the doubt. You're listening to this podcast. If we get one of the names right, like, we're golden. That's fine. <laughs> if you knew exactly who we were talking about, then that's exactly that's a what win. the goal is. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? That's a win. Yeah. You got to grade us on a curve, okay? <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, oh, I can't believe you mixed up, like, Jensen Carp and, like, Jensen. Ackles. I don't even know. Ackles. And it's yeah. like, can you not believe that? Because you knew exactly who the person was that I met. I'm sorry, you called yourself a long time, long time, and you can't believe that we confused Jensen Carp and Jensen Ackles? That's the DNA of this podcast. I'm shocked I got Jensen correct. Okay, last comment. I love this call. Fun fact, it's from one of Lindsay's best friends, but still, oh. we're playing it anyway. <laughs> wow. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. It's your friend, Julianne. Um, I had to call because... I feel like I told maybe one of you this story, but um, I had to do it again because, uh, like, right when Queer Eye, the, like, new Queer Eye was starting to be a thing, I, like, enthusiastically followed all of those guys because, you know, whatever. The, the one with the old man who drank tequila by himself alone was cute. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, Anthony, Anthony like, posted a picture of himself with a little life, and I hate that book so much because it's, like, a, an insane, sadistic woman, like, writing uh, torture porn about gay men, and uh, it, I think it's disgusting and awful, and I hate that book more than anything. And I wrote, like, oh, no, I hate that book. And Anthony DM'd me um, and was like, why? And uh, I, like, told him that, and he was like, ha-ha, to each his own, I guess. Um, but yeah, I like, I literally, uh, screamed when that happened. Um, okay. I love you guys. Uh, crunch, crunch. Borsen is good for you. Bye. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> to each his own, I guess. <laughs> it's very funny. Like the early Anthony fame responding to people is like, you can tell that happened like a few times and never again, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why? And he was like, like oh, what this, did he was he like, this is so exciting. Her to say. <laughs> I hate that book. Shout out to Julianne for for responding to Anthony with I hate Honestly, that Honestly, shout out to Anthony for responding. Why? Why? 
Do you think that he didn't realize it was a controversial book? Probably yeah. not. That's probably why, like, this is fascinating. I honestly don't remember it even being super controversial. I think it was so, like, rapturously received as, like, that was the consensus. And the people who hated it were kind of a loud minority and sure. correct minority, still kind of I are. <laughs> Right. I don't know. He clearly found something that works for him if he's still talking about a little life. You know, like, it gives him some sort of credibility, or at least he thinks it does. Not only is he talking about it, he's wrapping it into his sponsored content. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. that's bold. Mm-hmm. That's bold and beautiful. So I know you're already going to talk about um, Jason Derulo getting in a fight because someone's thinking of Usher. So I've just tried to think of other ways to say it, and I've come up with two so far. So, Jason Derulo is not Usher, 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 Usher. Or you could start with, um, they should have known it wasn't Jason Derulo because instead of playing with Ushbucks, he played with the Rollers at the strip club. Okay, thank you. Bye. Good job. Those are awful. Great job. We have to stop giving Jason Derulo attention. Like, as a nation, we need to come together and be like, no more attention for this man. Seriously. I've been saying this, I, or at least I've been thinking this, but the thing is, Jason keeps doing things that are so undeniably hooey and, like, in our wheelhouse. Like, having a baby with some random Instagram influencer, bringing her into his TikTok, and TikTok empire, naming the baby after him, then dumping her, then getting into a fight <laughs> because her. someone called him Usher in Las Vegas. Like, he's doing these things that, like, we would talk about if they were anyone else, you know? He's just so reliable. I mean, I'm like 95% sure that Jason Derulo paid these men to heckle him and then like have him punch them. Well, that's the whole thing. My first thought when you sent me the headline was that I feel like he's doing this for a TikTok because he does most things for TikTok. And like TBD, if that's the case, when you watch it, it's definitely like there's a big crowd of people. It's very public. It would have had to have been very organized. But then when you get into the details, like he didn't get charged with anything. He just was taken out of the place. Well, the cops did show up. He was handcuffed in Vegas. But no one pressed charges. They chose not to press charges, which is interesting because it's like, wouldn't you press charges against like a rich guy if you were like, oh, I want to like get some of his money. You know what I mean? And the fact that there were so many people filming it. Yeah, I'd be so disappointed if somebody said it's Usher and then it turned out to be Jason Derulo. I'd be pissed. If I was somewhere, I thought Usher was there and it was Jason Derulo. I'd be like, fuck this, bye. On Tuesday morning, Jason Derulo was going into the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas, like approaching an escalator. And there was a crowd of people there. A lot of them were filming because he's a celebrity. He has a mask on. There's like security guards. There's random fans. And then there are just like passersby. Yeah. And he walks by with his like posse or bodyguards. I'm not sure. But there's people around him. The video begins with someone going, hey, why did you slap him? The person who's filming it. Then someone else goes, hey, Usher, fuck you, bitch. And then Jason goes off. So it's like, we're missing some pieces here. Because why did the person accuse Jason of slapping someone at all? Like, why was this being filmed? Why did Jason know exactly who to beeline for in the video? Right, like somehow knows exactly who said it. It's very confusing. Here's the audio. Hey, yo, why you slap him, dog? Hey, yo, why you slap him? Hey, Usher. Why you slap him? Why you slap him? Why you slap him? Why you slap him? Hey, yo. It's 
almost like this childlike bullying. There's like slapping, there's like weak punches. They sort of tumble in a way that like doesn't even look that dangerous. That's that's the other thing. I'm so on edge when it comes to Jason Derulo that I just immediately assume everything is artificial. So I'm just like, this doesn't look very violent. This looks almost staged and rehearsed so that it isn't violent, whatever. And then he gets pulled back. They break up the fight. The cops come and E reports, quote, Derulo was accused of battery against two individuals, no, accused, not charged, after 2 a.m. Officers did not take a report, quote, due to the victims not wanting to prosecute. So it all ends and no one got injured. No, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Why would he do this? And as far as I know, Usher and Jason Derulo do not have any beef either. It'd be one thing if they were calling him somebody who's like popularly maligned, you know, mm-hmm. like a like an evil character or somebody who's like, quote unquote, ugly or mm-hmm. whatever. This doesn't feel like realistic on any level of anything, especially because it's like somebody seeing him in person. It's not like, oh, I heard a song and I thought it was Usher, but it's actually Jason Derulo. Yeah. That's like actually a thing, maybe. Yeah. Or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um But this just more feels like fake. (laughs) It feels really fake. Because it feels like it's scripted, you know. I also find Jason Derulo to be like, at this point, so polished and weirdly professional because of all of the like weird shit he does. So this is off character for that. Right. He doesn't feel like a loose, like a loose screw in that way. A loose wire. A A loose cannon. A live wire. A live wire. A live wire. cannon is good too. Yeah. When you watch his TikToks, they're so innocent and g-rated and honestly really really lame and maybe even specifically for children so it's weird to see jason derulo throw a punch right but maybe that's part of it maybe that maybe that's part of it too where <laughs> maybe he's, he's like, trying to like you know freaking bad boy up the image a little bit what a stupid way of doing it though he is so annoying <laughs> like what an annoying character this guy is there's just a lot we don't know which is why i expect that we'll know more by the time we record the tuesday episode basically you're having a dinner party it's last mm-hmm. minute you've realized the cocktail i'm making this this happens to bobby all the time the specialty cocktail that josh is making we're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be... Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments, and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app, they get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. (laughs) Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? uh, 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 uh. You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. 
But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. From page six, 90 day fiance star retires from selling farts after heart attack scare. What? <laughs> 90-day fiancé star retires from fart-selling business after heart attack scare. Was that the headline? Something like that? Ex-reality star who made $200,000 selling her farts in jars reveals she was rushed to the ER with heart attack symptoms, only to learn severe chest pains were caused by excess gas. Raise your hand if you have thought you were having a heart attack, but it was just, you know, gas or indigestion. She was selling farts, so she had to create gas in her system to mm -hmm. make a lot of farts. The demand was overwhelming, and she gave herself... <laughs> Um, heart attack symptoms. So I swear to God, that's like no, literally yeah, what happened. Oh, yeah. I am not a 90 Day Fiance watcher. I don't believe you are either. But I no. know a lot of friends who are big fans of the show mm -hmm. and who love it so much. So I mm -hmm. asked them and they were like, oh, this chick. It's, her name is Steph Matto. And mm -hmm. apparently she's been, she's very, very good at this type of stunt, a.k.a. the Jason Derulo getting attention vibe of mm -hmm. it all. You know? Yeah. She apparently was on the show and quite annoying and like, kind of then off the show has just been finding new ways of like keeping attention on her mm -hmm. and making money in very strange ways whether or not she actually made money from this like there's a lot of like i made this much money i made this much money like i don't know if i believe the amount of money she was making but the story of it all is so funny and elaborate mm -hmm. and like obviously worked that you have to be impressed i'm gonna give her the benefit farts of now. the doubt <laughs> she's been selling farts for a while now no part of me doesn't believe that people bought this woman's farts. <laughs> well, I yes, I believe that there was demand for her farts, but I don't know if I believe there was a $200,000 demand for her farts. You know what I mean? She only sold 200. That's when you look into the details, it's not like she was selling her her farts for like 25 bucks a pop, right? Literally a pop. Yeah. She right. was selling them for anywhere between $500 and $1,000 for a jar. I think she raised the price at one point because they used to be $500. Well, because it was hard to make the farts. Yeah. I watched her YouTube video, like how I like selling farts in a jar. Luckily, there's a lot of content to go along with this. She has TikToks, she's she has NFTs. YouTube, etc. <laughs> she explain, you know, she's like, it's not easy just to, like make farts. You got to have like a high protein diet. High you fiber, eat a lot high of beans, protein, yeah. high fiber, high protein. Hey guys, today I'm gonna be showing you a day in the life of a girl who sells her farts in a jar. So I like to get things rolling with some beans, a protein muffin, sometimes even a yogurt, less sugar is better, some hard boiled eggs. And today I decided I was gonna make myself a protein shake with some yogurt added to it. And oh, I was feeling it for sure. Uh, while I wait for those farts to develop, I like to read, I'm very smart, love to read. And then after I'm ready to go, I go ahead and, you know, do my work, do my job. I don't need to show you that, guys. But I like to add in little flower petals. I feel like they attach the scent and make it last longer. And when I'm finally finished, 
with my jar, I like to leave a personalized note. I want to thank you so much to the 97 people who have already purchased their jar of farts. And as you know, they're on sale right now, 50% off with $1,000. What was the line you found where she said, She lived off mostly beans and eggs and later added protein shakes to the mix after discovering it made the farts smell worse. You want your farts to smell bad if you're putting them in a jar and selling them, right? I mean, what's the point? Yeah, I'm sort of wondering, did you notice her, since you watched more of the videos than I did, most of the jars that she was <laughs> selling that had her fart and it had a little item inside the jar, was it some sort of sponge that, like, how does, what was in the jar that was a physical object? I don't know, maybe, you're right, maybe the sponge or like to keep it like... Moist. Keep it moist in there. <laughs> I don't know. I I truly don't know. I don't know. She doesn't sell them anymore. Do you know that? Because she she like the, the gas was like a was bad lifestyle. It was so too she much started. For her. She launched something that's equally shitty. That's a joke. An NFT. So she sells fart jar NFTs now, mm -hmm. which are which, just photo, which are just drawings of little jars with farts in them. I would argue that whatever is good about NFTs, what people like about NFTs, this is this type of work is dragging your work down and you should uh, try you should take a look because this is the exact thing that is going to uh convince the detractors not to get involved in <laughs> nfts uh let me read this to you uh when i set out to sell my jarred farts on 18 plus platform unfiltered i never expected them to cause such a rumble on the internet i think that's a pun too my fart jars exploded onto the scene and became a viral sensation worldwide i know my hundreds of customers love their jars but now even you can own your own unique jar in the form of a fart jar nft these nfts are just as beautiful unique and rare as my actual poots. You can practically smell how delightful they are through the screen. Just use your imagination. Fart jars are the true sign of going against the grain, being a trailblazer, and not caring about the opinions of others. Being the first ever fart jar mogul has put me on the map, and now it's your turn to be a part of my fart empire. I wrote that copy. I freelanced. <laughs> I, I did job. that. Just use your imagination as in these are digital works of art and don't actually smell like anything, but use your imagination is a great way to explain how stupid NFTs are. Like, just use your imagination, pay for this thing, right. and then use your imagination and it will, in your brain, no longer be digital. It will be an actual object. But what's great about that description of NFTs is that actually what it is doing is reversing for me the value of the fart jar, where now I feel like the fart jar is even more valuable than before, which I appreciate. Like, she kind of did this weird... Thing where by introducing something that I find to be less valuable, which is a photo of a picture of a fart <laughs> jar, I'm like, oh, I want the real thing. I'm not like paying for like a cartoon. I want the fart in a jar when before I didn't want the fart in the jar in the mm -hmm. first place. You know, it's just a fart in mm -hmm. a jar. Mm -hmm. So I I'm just impressed. I love this TikTok that you found that says my mother fling communist Czechoslovakia so I could get rich selling my farts in a jar. <laughs> Yeah, that's her TikTok is like very good. I mean, it, this is bottom of the barrel reality show person, but I will say I'm impressed by how she's broken out of whatever the hell she did on 90 Day Fiance. I don't even know. She was with this guy named Nick. They were together. They weren't together. She was she's bisexual. There was something with somebody else or her friend. Da da da. I think we talked about her in passing a long time ago because there was a minor controversy that she was dating a woman on 90 Day Fiance and she identified as bisexual and 90 Day Fiance viewers were like, she's faking being bisexual for attention, uh, right. which is like a kind of right. a really fucked up accusation. So that is the last time that I saw her name sort of float more into a broader cultural consciousness because I know that the 90 Day Fiance fandom is like very specific and usually I don't even want to wade into those waters. <laughs> At all. But since then, I'm just saying, like, I don't really care about that show. But since then, this woman has found new and unique ways to stay, like, 
in the mm-hmm. cultural conversation, aka like she has a huge toe and people were like talking mm-hmm. about it. I have no idea. It, I think it looks like an editing mistake. It doesn't look like a real huge toe. This is actually just two days ago. 90 Day Fiance, Stephanie Matto's freakishly large toe terrifies fans. And she posted a photo of herself sitting on her counter, not farting in anything, just sitting on her counter and posing. And her toe looks kind of big. And someone was like, hey, why does your toe look so big? And she goes, it's not large. It's just thick. <laughs> but I like this copy. Since Stephanie, whose business appeared on The Daily Show, does digitally enhance her photos with colored filters, the toe is possibly an editing mishap or something she did on purpose. But it is also likely that Stephanie does have a large toe, which she's only now opening up about. She's only <laughs> now opening up about her large toe. Oh. Well, she might find a way to sell photos of her big toe on some, like, foot fetish website, you know? It, that toe's too big. I'm not. I'm calling bullshit. That's something's going on there with that toe. This is much like Jason Derulo. I wouldn't put anything past this woman. Right. I'm saying That's what I'm saying. She's like a master of her craft. Mm-hmm. Like, she even has a rare blood disease. I swear to God, I'm not just like, she has a rare blood disease. A plastic anemia. Right. In her, on her YouTube, she has like maybe 14 to 15 videos and they're all like those scary YouTubes that are called like my life expectancy. I have a rare and deadly blood disorder. I've lost everything. I knew I was dying. I can't have children, dot, dot, dot. And it's like all the thumbnails are her looking like devastating. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like this is a tough thing for her to deal with, but the way that she spun it is like the most, just doing the most, doing the most. The thing about this that's like unembarrassingly interesting to me is that I've never farted in a jar i've never smelled a jar that had a fart in it and i would love to know like how does this travel like does odor dissipate in a glass jar do the people who bought her farts actually smell something significant when they open the jar you know i'm actually like genuinely interested in knowing if you can put a smell in a glass and then ship it and then smell it later on you're curious if like the if the like scent how strong is it yeah and there and there is something beautiful about like the idea that as soon as you open that jar to confirm the scent is there or not there you lose it so like yeah you can't bleeding thing. it's like an ephemeral right and also like you have to trust that person that the smell was there mm-hmm. to begin with like because someone can't like double yeah. check it's already gone and do the people who buy these farts keep them preserved or do they actually like open them up and smell them is the point to enjoy the odor or is the point just to know that the odor exists in this glass bubble what i love is that this woman like quit fart jars because it became too taxing like the idea that like creating fart jars is labor Mm -hmm. and like i i like i love that Mm -hmm. thinking about like something that somebody would say like oh my god you you fart in a jar and sell it that's like a mate like that's so amazing like so like nice work if you can get it she's like it's hard right and she turned it into like labor that now became too taxing to continue. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't possibly keep up with the demand for my farts. I have to stop. Like, like I gave myself gas, too much gas pain. All work is work. And even fartrepreneurs deserve, you know, four day, six hour work weeks. Honestly. <laughs> totally. Honestly. You know, and, and health can, condi- and, and good health, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Healthcare. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Scott in New York, Richard Karn of uh, Home Improvement and Family Feud fame, posted a few days ago that he was going to have his own NFTs. And then <laughs> and then just now on Twitter, tweeted, uh, I've thought long and hard about NFTs, and I've decided it's not something I need to do with a, like, a picture of himself. Um, anyway, NFTs who? Richard Korn who? Then. Okay, bye. Crunch, crunch. 
Richard Karn, a.k.a. Al from Home Improvement, who is, I feel like, a nostalgic figure for a very specific age, mm-hmm. otherwise completely unrecognizable, and right? Absolutely a who. And so many people confused him with, didn't you? Someone was saying that they confused him with uh, Bob Vila. No, that wasn't me, but somebody did say that. Yeah. Which... Makes sense. I guess because he does. they both do and a construction. He was playing a Bob Vila type, Bob, yeah. Bob Real, uh-huh. right. Right. So there is a website called superfandom.io and they remind me of honestly early cameo and they're clearly trying to convince famous people of varying degrees but at this point low levels famous people to sign up with them and sell nfts it is fascinating to me finally now we're still talking about nfts this is a little bit different than fart in a jar nft Mm -hmm. but like the idea that a celebrity again this is just like cameo but a little bit more obscure a a celebrity says i'm making an nft of myself and if you buy me it comes with privileges like you get to talk to me or mm-hmm. something like go to dinner with we're me, all I in this together yeah. right so i think like what's crazy is like it's an nft but it's still not quite fully off like you still have obligations to these people like on this website yeah Right, like you're buying like a virtual piece of this person, but it's not, it doesn't come without strings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is not actually in the spirit of what an NFT is supposed to be. But the spirit of the internet and the spirit of like scamming online make it so that everybody is taking like this term and turning it into like varying degrees of like capitalism that have nothing to do with like the origin or kind of like the heart of what I think maybe like the true heads are trying to do you know on here because this is just stupid right this thing i noticed something similar on not to mention a trump but on melania trump's website because you know she's getting into the nft game as well sure everyone is yeah i noticed she's doing a thing in a couple of days called the head of state collection and it was like i'm doing another nft sale and i was like oh god how much are these scam artists selling their nfts for and melania's is the starting bid is $250,000. But when you look through what you get from this bid, if you win the bid, you get multiple physical objects in addition to the NFT. Right, so it's not an NFT. People are realizing that the NFT is hard to explain. And like the NFT that exists on the blockchain is now just sort of like, I don't know, added value to physical objects. Right, and it's like... I'm not claiming to know a ton about NFTs, nor do I want anyone to really explain them to me. So please don't even try. But but a NFT of Richard Karn that it involves that includes golfing with him is not an NFT In because the if sense. then that person sells resells that I that pro, that product the the image or whatever it is on the blockchain that like ideally that's what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Does that new person get to go golfing with Richard Karn? I don't think mm-hmm. so. Am I crazy? Like that like doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So super fandom is trying to separate themselves from the rest of the NFT universe by saying, we get that you don't understand what NFTs are. So we're going to throw in real world experiences. So you feel less weird about buying a digital piece of art. Other people of note on their website who they claim to have NFTs coming soon are a lot of influencers. There's a lot of TikTok stars. There's a lot of actors I've never heard of. There's Kate Flannery from The Office. There are comedians. There's sure, Jake Kate Flannery from The Jake Office. Jake Busey. Yeah. 
you know, and all of these say coming soon or live soon. So this website seems to have not actually launched yet. I just would love to know. And I just looked at the fa FAQ and I can't have an answer for this. But if you buy an NFT that comes with an experience, when you sell that NFT, the experience goes away. Like you Richard Karn is, is Richard is Richard Karn indebted to anyone who buys and sells this NFT for the rest of his existence? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think right? the experience is one and done and the NFT is the the thing that can is be forever. Sold. Right. or whatever right so then what but then what's the value in the nft after that anytime i see nft the scam alarm bells go off i think that that's the only true explanation for nfts it is scam under a new name whatever the ideal nft experience is right like the the one person or a few people who are doing it quote unquote correctly and the way that it was originated and like in an interesting way there are 40 million people doing it stupidly and scamming people mm -hmm. so like to me, I like don't even care what the origin is. Mm -hmm. you know, do you know what I mean? Yes. Because it's going to be dragged down by shit like this. Always. And that's what makes this story so funny because clearly you can see the narrative here, right? Like the narrative here is he was reached out to and he was and someone said very convincingly talk to him or his people and we're like, hey, this is a pretty easy money making opportunity. Have you heard of Cameo? Well, we're the new Cameo and you can be on the front line of this new big celebrity trend. And he was like, that sounds interesting. Easy money. Cool. I'm an affable guy. Yeah. And then he said, right. you know what? I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Well, he tweeted in December on December 13th in 2021 was wondering about NFTs dot 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 question mark. And then the second thing he did was Richard Karn exclusive NFT drop coming soon. And then the next thing was I've thought long and hard about NFTs and I've decided it's not something I need to do. And he's like drinking a drink in a linen shirt in some like beautiful looking restaurant looking as chill as possible. I do think that NFTs are not something that Richard Karn needs to do. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to do NFTs except Stephanie Motto can do NFTs. Those can stay. The, the fart jar. Well, I feel like if you're, if you're, I do feel like if you're buying a Stephanie Motto NFT, you like already are fully bought into the scam of her like entire ecosystem, mm -hmm. you know? So like, I don't feel, I, I, I don't feel bad for yeah. you, you know? And we haven't even explained who Richard Karn is. So Richard Karn beyond home improvement as Al, who had a catchphrase, an iconic 90s sitcom sidekick who had a catchphrase, which was, I don't think so, Tim. What else did he do that was very popular? You tell me. Not a whole lot. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you tell me. He hosted Family Feud for a little bit before Steve Harvey came on. And honestly, uh -huh. sorry, Steve Harvey's a better host of Family Feud. But I think the funniest thing about Richard Karn's career is that he parlayed his fictional character of Handyman into a best-selling author of handyman books really and he also did commercials for orchard supply hardware he went from a fake hardware guy to a real hardware guy and then like essentially just rode that all the way to the bank yeah he wrote a book called house broken how i remodeled my home for just under three times the original bid did you know that the original al was supposed to be steven tobolowski I saw that in the research. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's great. I just think that's crazy. I think it's good that Steve Toblowski wasn't Al. That would have limited, I think, his scope. That wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Because Richard Karn really only, the scope was limited. It's not even like he had a history of building stuff. Because wasn't the whole thing, he reminds me of, what's his name? Nick Offerman. Yeah. 
when he was just a struggling actor and not a successful actor, he was a woodworker. He built yeah, he stuff and he built beautiful yeah. furniture. He sold yeah. to his friends. And now that he's a rich, successful actor who's kind of retired and he's like, I made a shitload of money. He's back into woodworking and he makes like pieces again. Like Richard Karn doesn't have that backstory as best as I can tell. He fully turned into this person at least like as a parallel to his real life because of home improvement. Yeah, he like, you know, he went method mm-hmm. and then the method overtook. And then the <laughs> Hi, Bobby and Lindsay podcasters. Um, I have a who are them question. Um, Jeremy O'Harris, who are them? I feel like between Gossip Girl and now Emily in Paris, um, Jeremy O'Harris is being presented to me as a, as a them. Um, at the same time, I would have thought he would still be in the who camp. Uh, curious to hear what you have to say. Crunch, crunch. This is a call from last week. Clearly, before Jeremy Harris was part of people exclusive photos of Kanye West, Julia Fox, and himself backstage at Slave Play. I am so impressed by this. People exclusive photos of backstage at Slave Play on Broadway. I mean, this is this is stunning for the theater industry. <laughs> stunning work. Seriously. Broadway is back. Slave Play is still doing performances. And Kanye West and Julia Fox went together. They went to Carbone for the second time. Imagine going to Carbone on your first date and your second date. One's in Miami and one's in New York. You're like, we have to try the other Carbone. Maybe that was like a joke between them. I can't imagine what they talk about. <laughs> so I maybe not. Julia Fox, who literally last week was on was on freaking Instagram Live saying that her ex-husband or whatever, uh-huh. her 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 scumbag husband was like a sleeping dad. with his aunt or mm-hmm. something. Like something just so crazy i don't even know look into it was that so yourself, upsetting i didn't even we didn't want to talk about it on the show because i was like this is messy and really sad just weird messy very public bullshit she went from that the next week she's going on dates with kanye i mean if the glow up is just outstanding what i like about this is that julia fox is like a very new york city person she okay so julia fox from uncut, from uncut gems. gems she's kind of like a new york like nightlife vibe girly mm-hmm. who kind of settled down and had a baby last year but i don't think was like wanted to now is like i'm back but whatever she is a very new york person and the other person who's a very new york person is pete davidson so Mm -hmm. i like that now that kanye is being like oh kim you think you're like moving to new york and doing the new york thing like i'm gonna out new york you which i find very funny but again what do you talk about when you're at carbone and you're julia fox and kanye west i can't even imagine it i love that the second date you bring jeremy o'harris along first of all because you went to go see slave play which is a in addition to being like a very successful uh, award-winning play it's a play that you can go to be seen where like oh if you go see slave play that's cool of you you know because it's a hot play that's on broadway and probably closing pretty soon so they know they're going to get pressed for going to slave play he's so good at being famous i can't deal with it like it's vintage how good he is at being he's famous. <laughs> not only just that but name the last cool up-and-coming famous playwright i mean i could not name anyone <laughs> I'm I, I seriously like having a cool celebrity and not celebrity like cool in New York, cool everywhere playwright who people are buzzing about, who has a show on Broadway actively is on Emily in Paris. I mean, we haven't had that since I don't even know. It's incredible. I, I have no idea. I can't think of a comparison for him. Who were, 
<laughs> Shakespeare, baby. A, no, he was. I feel like there are a lot famous of, during his time. I feel like there are a lot of like just specifically like literary people who are cool like this and are part of like New York City light, nightlife yes, over yes, the generations, yes, yes, yes. but specifically yes, playwrights. Yes. I don't know that he has an equal. <laughs> like young, sexy, like contemporary. I just I don't know enough about plays and playwrights to like Kushner's not like this, you know, like you know, like out and about, like. I mean, Jeremy Harris is a master of his craft, which is plays, but also somehow has managed to perfect every other genre as well in his come up. He's really good at TikTok. He wrote Zola, a movie. Mm -hmm. He is able to span all of these kind of genres. And it somehow seems like the stuff keeps coming out, which means he's prolific and very fast at writing or something like that. There's a there's something going on there that makes it feel like he's everywhere at the same time, which I think is his ultimate skill. And I think another great thing that he does, which is extremely A-listy, I'm I'm on the fence about calling him a them, even though like if you made a convincing argument for him being a them, I'd be like, yeah, I just think that being a playwright is so niche and hooey that it's hard. But like if any playwright is a them, it's Jeremy O'Harris. There's something that he does that's super fucking funny, which is that he appears on screen as an actor frequently. But sometimes he appears on screen as himself in fiction, and sometimes he appears as characters, where it's like, that happens equally, which is like really shocking to me. Like, I was just watching, I'm finally watching, shout out Taika Waititi, Rita Ora's boyfriend, What We Do in the Shadows, and plowing through it. And Jeremy Harris has like a cameo as a character, not as himself. But he was also just on Gossip Girl as Jeremy Harris. So it's just, it's funny that he's doing all of these things at the same time time i just can't however i would feel about him if i was like oh i find him kind of annoying it's annoying in a good way if you boil down what he's essentially doing which is like make plays cool i I, like you can't hate Mm -hmm. that like it is and slave play is genuinely good that's another thing that i think helps it is one of those things where what he's doing his performance art as a person and a kind of a socialite let's call him only adds to like the value of his work and then adds to the value of like theater in general being like cool and like relevant and like controversial then it's just it's kind of amazing like you have to stand you get like (laughs) i don't know He's playing himself and he's playing a character at the same time in real life and on screen. And I think that that's something that's really magnetic to people. Yeah. I just, we have to, you have to love these people exclusive. The, a picture of the cast of Slave Play all together with Kanye and Julia Fox and the playwright Jeremy O'Harris with the people exclusive badge on the top left hand corner. What people photographer got, you know, sent in for this occasion? Incredible. We don't know how Julia Fox and Kanye met. Like, we know they met or were first spotted together in Miami, like you said. But, like, how did this connection happen? She's a fashion girly of the New York scene. He's paying attention to, like, you know, various influencers on Instagram wearing cool shit. She was in Miami in, like, leather pants for some reason. (laughs) Not me knowing she was in Miami in leather pants, but not knowing why. She was in Miami wearing leather pants on the beach. If it's not some weird thing where she was actively trying to undo all of the weird dark press that she got, maybe they truly were just in Miami at the same time, specifically at the same hotel. Because remember last episode when we talked about when we when we were at 
when we were talking about Kanye West with the ad bearing mystery girl out of Miami Hotel, he was at the same hotel. Because it, the photos of Julia Fox on her hotel balcony, the balcony that yeah. she is on is identical to the balcony that Kanye is on. So I think they were just at the same hotel. I do believe, unless they just were hanging out the same hotel room after they hooked up. like No, it's it's not the same hotel room. That They're, they're not connected in the hotel room. It's... I think they're at the same hotel. Okay. I mean, I do believe that it's celebrities are enough like aware of each other to be like, oh, I'm staying in the same hotel as Kanye this weekend. Oh, I'd love to meet him. Mm-hmm. Like, can you hook it up or something? And then like the concierge at the hotel or whoever's like the handler or whoever like makes the connection and Kanye is like, oh, yeah, like, okay. That does seem like more likely than like an elaborate setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a perfect connection, especially compared to Kim and Pete, which, by the way, did you see those photos of them in the Bahamas, which are yes. wild? I can't even think about it. Kim's them. wearing like baggy pants, and you're like, wow. I can't even think about them. Ba- baggy pants are in. <laughs> and the fact that Julia and Pete did that like paper magazine shoot Weird. a while ago is just telling. It's just a funny coincidence. It's just a funny coincidence. And they both were who's like at that time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still kind of a, she's still basically a who. Yeah. What if you had to rank like, Pete, Kim, Julia, Kanye, and Jeremy. <laughs> I think it's Julia, Jeremy, yeah. Pete, Kim, Kim Kanye. Kanye. Kanye, Kim. They're the same. Kanye, at this Kim point. is the same. Yeah. But I think the only reason okay, Pete goes correct. above Jeremy is just Pete's. Pete's just been more high profile before over Jeremy for sure. Pete goes above Jeremy. I think Jeremy can work towards the, the Pete, but for, uh-huh. for now. But for, is, now for now. But are, for now. are we calling Jeremy O'Hara as a who are them? We have to make a decision. I don't know. He's cuspy, but like it almost feels like I don't know why I'm comparing him to Lin Manuel Miranda, but I guess because he's also a playwright or whatever. But remember when the the flip switched for him so fast? It was like all of a sudden it was like no one knew who he was, but Hamilton was buzzy and everybody was talking about Hamilton, blah blah. And then all of a sudden he was a them. You know, mm-hmm. he was a them. Ugh. Everyone's talking about him and doing impressions of him and blah blah. He's like a part. Of I the guess culture, we're not getting like impressions right. Way. We're not getting Jeremy Harris impressions yet. <laughs> Well, unless you're like Gen Z on TikTok, who I think are very tuned into him because they, you know, they love him. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we're both trying to, we're both like who cuspy right now. I think the reason that we're being so cuspy is because we know that it's going to be an undeniable them in the future. We're just not quite sure if it's there yet. Totally. And also, I don't even know how. That's what I find fascinating. It could it's be like, anything. What will pop off? Like a play, a, a, the t- a TV show, like the next whatever is, comes after Zola in terms of film. It could be anything. It could be anything. Because I think Zola was a big bump, but Zola itself was just a smaller movie. Yeah. Successful, but smaller. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I'm calling about uh, the new Bachelor. His season starts tomorrow, which is Monday. And he has a 25 things. He's like a very boring person, and he was boring on the season he was on, and there's nothing interesting about him, but one of his 25 things is I once ate a piece of dog poop because I thought it was chocolate. I was six. It was obviously disgusting. I think that's a pretty good thing, so at least he has that. Anyway, Happy New Year. Uh, Crunch, crunch. Bye. Another week, another great 25 things. This one's from Clayton Eckerd. Clayton Eckerd, the new 
Bachelor. It's so funny how my awareness of like who the new Bachelor is ebbs and flows, you know, like sometimes I really know or something. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, there's a new Bachelor. Oh, it's like this guy. Who is he? You know, like I almost feel like I don't need I don't want to have to know who Mm -hmm. the new Bachelor is or Bachelorette. But like but then sometimes the culture consciousness makes me know. (laughs) Uh I know that we put one, two, three, four, five. Should we read the whole thing? We have to read them all because they're so fucking weird. Number one, I played briefly in the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks. Number two, I loved... <laughs> uh, like, what? <laughs> Number two, I love Chipotle and could honestly eat it daily. And then wait, you didn't think that there was a follow-up, but this is sort of a follow-up. Number three, I've never considered myself a cat person, but I once had a cat named Beans. I loved that cat so much. Chipotle vibes. <laughs> Number four. I have two younger brothers named Nate and Pat, and we're each two years apart, dot, 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 my poor mom. Five, my first job out of high school was making fudge at Six Flags in my hometown of Eureka, Missouri. Six, my mom is an elementary school teacher, and one year she was my teacher. Ooh, I didn't get away with not doing my homework. Didn't you have teacher mom? Yeah, I had teacher mom. Wow, he's like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You never want to accidentally call teacher mom mom because <laughs> it's no, not fun. That's not to be like judgy, but like teacher mom is like a weird vibe. Both of my parents were teachers. Yes. Teacher yeah. mom, teacher dad. Teacher mom. Yeah. Okay. I once went to NSYNC concert with my aunt when I was a kid and cried because I was the only boy there. Toxic masculinity vibes. Perfect for The Bachelor. <laughs> Eight. Uh-oh. My rap name is Clado. Nobody ever spells it right. Oh, like Play-Doh? Get at, fuck you. It's clearly a play off of Play-Doh, right? Play-Doh? Play-Doh. And he goes, nobody ever spells it right. Do you know how to spell Play-Doh? The actual kid's toy. Yeah, it's P-L-A-D-O. P-L-A-Y-D-O-H. Oh, since when? Since always. And I and Mandela I don't, effect. I knew you were gonna brain. say Mandela effect. It's not the Mandela <laughs> effect. That's how fucking Plato is spelled. But I feel okay. like he, this guy. Are you an idiot or is it a Mandela effect? <laughs> but is this guy? Does this guy think that that's how Plato is spelled? Maybe. Like, are you the idiot? Nobody ever spells it right. It's like, I think you, do think, you think that Plato is spelled P L A Y D O E. But when he says Clado, do people spell it Clay dash D O H? Like people think it's supposed to be spelled like Clado, Play Doh. But he's saying no, it's like not even Play Doh related. It's just Clado. The bigger question is why are people even spelling it? <laughs> In what fucking scenario are people spelling Clado? His rap exactly. name. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <sighs> okay, we're moving on. We're Number moving on. nine, my biggest fear is being trapped in a small space. I feel like that bachelor mansion feels pretty small when it's filled with all those ladies. So, I was gonna say you shouldn't go on the Bachelor if you have if you have claustrophobia. That's like <laughs> right. the theme of the show. Um, number ten. I once ate a piece of dog poop because I thought it was chocolate. I was six. It was obviously disgusting. Six is too old to make that mistake. Number eleven. I practice my Spanish daily on my phone with the hopes of becoming bilingual. One day I'll get there. Do du- the Duolingo owl is like, you're not going to get there. <laughs> so not mentioning Duolingo. Interesting. 12. I once swallowed a quarter trying to clean it for my collection. So now I'm worth at least 25 cents. Hold Weird. up. 
that's implying you have a quarter collection, but you don't say that you have a quarter collection. So he's doing double duty. That's two facts in one. Snowboarding is my favorite hobby that I never get to do. I haven't done it since I was 12, but I'm itching to get back on the board. This year, I'll return to the slopes. You don't get to say that it's your favorite hobby if you haven't done it since you were 12 and you're an okay, adult. Judgy, judgy. Number 14. Uh, my favorite movie is Inception. Oh, okay. I as, love that. As Timmy wrote, <laughs> you're not Addison Ray, bitch. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. Number 15. I'll go to the gym or on bike rides to clear my head when I need to. 16, I'm obsessed with. 16. 16, I'm currently working on... 16, I'm currently working toward getting my MBA. Like, this, like, America's Next Top Model language is unbelievable. You're still in the running towards becoming America's Next Top Model. I'm currently working toward getting my MBA. He's working toward getting his MBA. That could mean anything. He's working towards it. He's working towards it. Okay, we support higher education. 17. 17. I eat the same meal for breakfast and dinner five days a week, and I don't get sick of it. Homemade. <laughs> homemade Chipotle bowls. So <laughs> he goes, I love Chipotle. I could honestly eat it daily. Then on 15, he goes, I eat it daily, only I make it myself. He eats, he eats his own homemade Chipotle bowls five days a week. <laughs> Um, let me tell you, that's going to produce a lot of ga- a lot of farts in a jar. <laughs> Sorry to say. Okay, 18, Ozark is my favorite Netflix show. <laughs> now we're getting to the bottom of the barrel. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're only at 18. The first mean nickname given to me by a neighbor was Claypot when I was seven. Nowadays, that would be one of the nicer things people are calling me. Okay, number 20. One of the biggest turn-ons for me is a woman who can dance. 21, I believe pizza should not be eaten without ranch. Number 22, my guilty pleasure is candles. Shh. Shh. Again, toxic masculinity vibes. Number 23, I bought an online hip-hop dance course during quarantine. Who didn't? Number 24, before I went on The Bachelorette, I wore unfitted dad jeans. Now I wear tailored pants and fitted jeans. This is a big deal for me. 25, I try to learn at least one new thing every day so that I can become a better human being <laughs> overall. <laughs> name name one recent thing you learned. Me or him? Him. <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Spanish. I don't think I he's doing not well. Over, I'm not over Chipotle Bowl. <laughs> two, number two, number three, and number 15 are about Chipotle Bowl. They're all about beans. Every single one. Three facts about beans. Not even always the food. Oh, God. This guy real, really seems like a winner. Wow. N- never watching this. <laughs> I was watching a clip from the, I guess, first episode of the season. And it's uh, from Cosmopolitan. Here's a headline by Mahara at um, Cosmopolitan. I believe she's a hooligan. Clayton Eckerd reacts to Claire Hellig legit hating him during night one of The Bachelor. And I love a, that. There's a funny clip where someone goes and has to speak to him in private. I'm just going to play it here. There's just something like going on that I think you should know about before like the night goes on. Okay. I've like overheard Claire like saying some things and I think that you should talk to her. What exactly was she saying? I mean She was like, Oh, I hate him. I hate him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a strong word. I feel like there's not enough bachelor. I mean I haven't watched in a while, but I feel like there's not enough like when the contestants meet the person. I feel like more contestants should be like, Oh, I don't like him or I don't like her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like more realistic, right? Like, oh, that's not a vibe. Like, I'm going. Mm-hmm. Never mind. You know? 
Yeah. As opposed to having your blinders on and saying like, no, I'm here to find love even though I hate yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like you only have one option and that's it. So if you don't, so like deal with it. Yeah. It's actually refreshing. Claire Hellig saying, I hate him. And then she left. <laughs> he kicked her out. <laughs> she was like, thank you. Bye. Let's just play a quick game of who are them. Is Logan Lerman a who or a them? I've had such a big crush on him my whole life that I have no way of being objective about this. Your whole life? Oh, no. <laughs> Logan Lerman started acting in the year 2000. It could have been this person's whole life. Oh, my God. He's such a who. I don't even like... He's such a who. Like, the I last time he even got, he like... He's the one who, like, went viral for, like, changing his hair on Twitter. Remember? It was, like, Logan Lerman. And then you clicked and it was, like, he got a haircut. He he grew out his hair and it... Yeah. And he went a little gray. And he, yes. like, suddenly looked a little older and, like... How fucked like, up is it that I said to you he went viral for changing his hair and you knew exactly the reference? But we both can't name anything he's been in. Percy recently. Jackson. That's the main thing. Percy recently. Jackson. Recently. Yeah, recently. No, I can't name anything. Okay. I, I looked it up. He was in that Amazon show about the Nazi hunters with Al Pacino. He was the star of that. Right. He was a cutie in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Remember that movie? I think that's when I first came across him. He's also in one of the worst movies ever, uh, The Patriot. That was his first movie. Oh, God. Now we're just listing IMDb credits. I hate when we do that. Not only was he in The Patriot, he was in What Women Want as young Nick Marshall. What a rough start. Two Mel Gibson movies, ass to ass. (laughs) Sorry. It is awful. That's it's awful. awful. That's it's like awful. you will be in The Patriot and then you will also play young Mel Gibson in his next movie. Okay, sorry. I just That's a good Logan Lerman um, trivia if you want to do trivia for him. As much as I love Nancy Myers, like oh, she should go to hell for What Woman Won. <laughs> I know you. Oh, that's the your worst, number one. It's the worst take. fucking movie. I And I actually didn't know how, like, I was like, that's a little bit harsh. I don't remember it being that bad. And then you go back and you're like, oh, it's like that bad and worse. It's worse than you remember. It's worse than you remember. Like, everything about it is worse than you remember. But specifically, the Judy Greer subplot is worse than you remember. Um, My favorite fact that's on Logan Lerman's Wikipedia is a link to an interview that he did with Black Book Magazine in 2011. And it says Black Book Magazine wrote that Lerman, quote, aspires to be the head of a film studio one day. (laughs) (laughs) Who would aspire to that? That's weird. Logan Lerman, who are them? I think we know the answer to this question. One, two, three. Who? Hi, Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, We're watching the NBC live from... The Planet Fitness was from Times Square super spreader event for New Year's Eve. And Casey Tunstall is currently performing. Um, I would have said she was a them before today, but there were these sort of wannabe Broadway dancers and singers performing before her, sort of in like a pitch perfect um, situation. Uh, three women were each wearing a red, a blue, and a white uh, pantsuit. A lot was going on. So now I think Katie Tunstall is a who. So Katie Tunstall, who are them? Um, Kicked up Cassiopeia. <laughs> also, Bobby, your theme song for the Who Me killed me. Bye. I found a video. I just linked to it. You have to open it. It's Katie Tunstall <laughs> performing. Suddenly I see in Times Square this New Year's. Okay. <laughs> The clock is counting down so that you know that it's two and a half hours before New Year's Eve. So you have the exact, like, timestamp of when this woman went on. 
with <laughs> with like uh, with wait. like the Planet Fitness vibe behind uh, her, and like <laughs> just can you? This is like surreal. Now, Times Square New Year's Eve is proud to present Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter and multi-platinum recording artist, the one, the only, K.T. Tunstall! Let me see your hands, come on! This is so weird. (laughs) Click the next one. Not to be rude, but did everyone else have COVID? <laughs> How did yeah, we get no, to KT I'm se- Tunstall? I'm serious. How far down I'm the list was KT Tunstall? I'm serious. Like, not only did they get her, but she put in the work. <laughs> KT Tunstall doing four songs for New Year's makes Miley and Pete look like Angelina Jolie and Jesus Christ hosting New Year's. It sort of seems like you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> She's very uh, Vanessa Carlton, the Michelle Branch vibes, where it's like someone who could sell out city wineries until her dying days singing four songs. This was the show that LL Cool J, he tested positive for COVID and dropped out. Uh-huh. So you had, it was supposed to be LL Cool J and Chloe also pulled out, mm-hmm. as in Chloe and Hallie, and the remaining performances, including Journey, Carol G, and French Montana, are still scheduled. Uh, leading up to the ball drop, singer-songwriter KT Tunstall is expected to perform John Legend's Imagined as thousands of attendees ring in the new year. John Legend's Imagined. John Lennon's. Did that yeah, thing sorry. say John, John Lennon's Legend? Imagined. <laughs> John Legend's Imagined. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, she's a who. Moving on. Hi, Who Weekly. Uh, second time, long time. The first time I called in was five seconds ago, and I just completely forgot my words. So let's try this again. I was thinking about how you guys said that saying the names of celebrities in songs completely dates the song and basically guarantees that it like will not stand the test of time. And that got me thinking about O-Town's 2000 song, Liquid Dreams, which... I haven't thought about that song in years, and now that I'm revisiting it, why were we singing about wet dreams at all? Anyways, they state uh, the names of many celebrities throughout the song, kind of building their perfect person. So I'm hoping that you can rank from who to them, and maybe in like a 2000s way, but then also in a present day way, the celebrities listed in their perfect person, which are... Destiny's Child, Madonna, Janet Jackson, Cindy Crawford, Tyra Banks, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Halle Berry, and Jennifer, but they don't say who, Jennifer who, who knows, uh, but they do say a body like Jennifer, so I'm assuming it's Lopez, could also be Aniston, Wikipedia also speculates Love Hewitt, uh, would love your thoughts on that as well. Um, Scarjo pizza roll, crunch crunch. 
what's funny about this song is that I feel like I was the, and you were too, the exact right age to care about this song the most that anyone could care about this song at the time. Because uh-huh, like I wasn't, a, I wasn't a huge O-Town fan. I don't think anybody really was a huge O-Town fan, yeah. but like. I cared about it the most you probably could as a person who cared about pop music generally and was about the right age for it. But also my point in this being like, we were the right age to like like this song but not really know that it was about wet dreams. I'm sure people around us did, but like that wasn't a realization until later for no. me because at the time I was so earnestly engaging with pop culture that like I didn't immediately think wet dreams. Right? I don't know. Was that a conversation? I knew that's what it was about, but I don't remember the conversation because I wasn't like having the conversation. I was just like, what? The thing I remember most about O-Town was making the band. You know, like I, I remember right, watching making, making, the, making band the band. I didn't care was about was better yes. than O-Town's music career. Yes. Same with Danny Kane. <laughs> that was the era of of MTV because of my age where I just watched everything on MTV. You know, like if it was on MTV, I watched it. So of course I watched right. Making the Band. But I like O-Town was... They were too late to the they game. They were too late. I'd rather listen to uh, what was the the fake boy band on MTV? Uh, together. Together. Oh man, I love Together. I'd rather listen to them than O-Town. You know? You plus me equals I loved, uh, I loved All or Nothing. That was their, that song I loved of theirs. Oh, uh, that's the good one. Song. That's the ballad. That's the good one. That's the good one. This was kind of the joke one, but also like not a joke. But now when I listen to it, it's like much slower than it should be. It's, it's a very not a bop. slow song. No, it's, it's not, not a bop. Like when I hear it, I, I want to speed it up. I yeah. don't remember it being this slow. No. When you look at the singles, All or Nothing was in the top 10. Like All or so Nothing good. was an actual huge hit. This really only charted, I think, because of making the band and because it got a huge MTV push. And then after yeah. All or Nothing, it was like no one cares anymore. Because All or Nothing could have easily gone to Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But I do want to shout out this, whoever wrote this song, Liquid Dreams, about um, Come, is mm-hmm. that... <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's also weird because their their video involves them dancing in like CGI, but like very bad CGI, like liquid. And it's like, okay, this looks like it's supposed to be like metal or like water, but it's come because that's like what the song's about. Because that's what the song is about. It's really bad CGI. It's very Janet Jackson, Busta Rhymes. But also they're trying to mimic James Bond, like Bond girl opening that sort of like silhouette stuff. It's like... They're doing the video aesthetic, the very like uh, David LaChapelle aesthetic mixed with James Bond. And it's just yeah. so cheap and bad. But you can't tell me that when you like zoom out of like a of a like tunnel of cum that I'm not like a girl, <laughs> like a I just, cum girl. Like, how do you not? Yeah, like, yeah. The silhouettes of these women, but then remastered in like this drop these droplets. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is just. This is perverse, you know? It is. Okay, my point is I want to say shout out to the songwriter of this song because when they included the names of women, they did a really good job choosing people who were all like famous enough to last the test of time. Mm-hmm. So this song, this song still holds its... It holds like, water. <laughs> yeah, it holds calm is what I'm saying. It yeah, holds, it holds calm. It does hold calm. Like the list, it's like Destiny Child, Madonna, Janet Jackson, Jennifer Lopez, Angelina Jolie, Cindy Crawford, Tyra Banks, Salma Hayek, and Halle Berry. 
I, you know, the Jennifer like, Lopez, now that the caller said, in my mind, this is the year 2000. So I'm trying to go back to the year 2000, not a year oh, I really want to revisit. they say that it's, Hew- it's Love Hewitt. But they don't say who it is. So it's they either. They say like Jennifer. It's, it's either, it's a body. So it's either Lopez Aniston or Jennifer Love Hewitt. I do think that J-Lo's butt was more of a conversation. But was J-Lo's butt a conversation in the year 2000 or did it come after? When was the dress? It was like the 2000 Grammys. Yes, then it was. I hate that I. It was the 2000 Grammys. Yeah, it was. The yeah, 2000 you, Grammys. yeah, you knew that. Okay, it was the 2000 Grammys. It was definitely body. It was okay. definitely. And I don't want to rank the. All these are them. So I don't want to rank them. You know, like all these are them's. It is funny that this was back in the day when Destiny's Child was still a group, and you didn't pull out Beyonce. So Beyonce. it's just Destiny's right. Child, and specifically, this is the year 2000. So it's. Michelle right. Kelly and Beyonce like it's the final form he wants uh, he wants the the he of the lyrics wants Destiny's Child a touch of Madonna's wild style which is like okay her style Janet Jackson's smile a body like Jennifer's we're assuming JLo Angelina Jolie's lips Cindy Crawford's <laughs> beauty mark this is like that show with Lucy Hale like ragdoll where like the serial killer like stitches people together I've mm-hmm. never watched it but that's what it's about because mm-hmm. I've seen the trailer a lot of times okay what from uh, Tyra? when it comes when it comes to the test well Tyra's the best does that mean she tests well like on like she's smart yeah so intelligence Tyra's the brains yeah Oh, okay. And Salma Hayek brings the rest. But what is the rest? Like whatever's missing? The rest? It's like, no, it's like in Jurassic Park where they use as much dinosaur DNA as they can. And then they use frog DNA to fill in the gaps. So Salma Hayek's the frog. Is the frog (laughs) DNA. Okay. And then we have, okay. Halle Berry's sweetest personality. Okay. Okay. And then any other new women? No, the rest. Wait. uh, Who is that person? If you combine all of these people, who is that? I don't. That's the problem is that you can't. You have to combine them. You have you to don't, combine them. You, you got to ragdoll one. Yeah, you got to buffalo bill it. You got to ragdoll them. Unfortunately, we're going to have to buffalo bill this woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Liquid Dreams ends. He wakes up from his dream. He's made a mess, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna get to work Some, now." Some like horrible Frankenstein's monster like is suddenly reanimated, and it's like. <laughs> like stitched together sexy person and it's like in deep misery and like existential pain and it's like why was I created and it's like you were created because some teens want to have wet dreams to you (laughs) well luckily Madonna was spared because it's just her style so (laughs) they didn't need to use any parts (laughs) okay I can't we're done liquid dreams terrible song terrible song yeah, truly one of the worst. And our episode is over. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and assisting. Editorializing. And editorializing. Thank you to everyone who leaves Apple podcast reviews. Please leave them. We love your five-star reviews so much. We hate the rest we of them. We hate the rest of them. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons for supporting us on patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes and more. Even a Discord server. That's fun. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Have a great weekend. Bye. Have a great weekend. Long time, long time. So my mom is an electrical engineer. She has been since the 80s. She's about to retire. But she has actually worked for the last five years doing um, in-flight Wi-Fi. <laughs>
that's like that's been most of her work. I have asked her multiple times to explain to me how it works, and she's explained it to me, and it just has like bounced off my smooth brain like Teflon. I truly, I don't know how it works either. Um, I wish I could get her into the show, get her to call in and uh, and explain how in-flight Wi-Fi works. But it, you know, it might just bounce off everybody else's brain, like Teflon too. Um, I love her. She's she's a pretty she's a pretty cool lady. I gotta say. Um, anyways, grateful for Sharna. Grateful for non-go-go in-flight Wi-Fi. Crunch crunch. Hi, um, I'm listening to the Christmassy episode and the explanation of the Santa Claus. And um, I'm Jewish, and when I was a kid and heard about the movie The Santa Claus, I knew that it was spelled, or like I saw the spelling when I watched it or whatever, my whole life till today. Oh, no, a punk again. This always happens when I go with my car. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. So I just want to give you some good New Year's news. Cheese is actually very good for you. The nutritional aspects of cheese, the protein content, the fat content, the vitamin content is far outweighs the saturated fat concerns. And cheese is also really good for your teeth and gums. It makes you produce a lot of saliva and enzymes that are really good for cleaning bacteria out of your mouth and keeping your gums and teeth healthy. So, eat all the cheese you want. Go on, Borsal. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. So, I just had to pause the pod at the part where um, Lindsay was talking about the the phone board game um, with, like, the dates and the guys. I have this toy, or I had this toy when I was a child in the 90s, and it was a compact mirror, and I need to know if somebody else had this, and I will never forget what it said to me. Um, it was, like, compact, and it had, like, buttons, and it would go, you're cool, you're in style, let's go to the mall, and I will never, ever forget the tone of voice and the inspiration that that compact gave to me. <laughs> oh, I'm grateful for Sharna. Casey Cotton and his new wife went to Disney World for their honeymoon. Crunch, crunch. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. Naomi premieres Tuesday, January 11th, or you can stream free next day on The CW app.